Great. Okay, let me close that down and then I can just see you. Sounds all good to me. Two, 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 two. Two, 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 two. Okay, here we go. Andy Bush and Louise Maloney here, welcoming you to our brand new podcast. This is the A to Z of everything, the ultimate social experiment to try and document every iconic thing in life, past, present and beyond, via the organisational power of the alphabet. Every week we will randomly stop on a different letter of the alphabet, guided by the bag of destiny, a bag of kind of beach pebbles with letters drawn on them by the kids, and attempt to chronicle things beginning with that chosen letter and maybe things like that that don't get the credit they deserve. Before we get stuck into our first proper episode, uh, Louise, how are you doing? I'm good, my love. How are you? Good. I saw, we're, we're chatting on a video chat here, as is yeah. the way in, in 2023. Uh, incredibly large cup of tea or coffee that you're drinking there. It's the biggest mug I've ever seen in my life. Look at the size of that. This isn't even my biggest mug, Bush. That is not your biggest mug? No, I'm going to bring my biggest mug next time. So... I do have like a passion for a nice mug because I don't really drink that much alcohol anymore. I did a lot of that in my 20s and, uh, you know, and so I love a cup of Irish tea in the morning, which I think, you know, it's called Barry's tea and I'm obsessed. Oh, it's just honestly, honest to God, it's so weird that you guys are so like protective and proud of Barry's tea, but it's just, have you ever had a pencil in it? I, you've made me a cup oh, of it, I yeah, I f- yeah. I feel like I had an out-of-body experience. I just said to my partner who made this tea for me, thank you, that this was going to put hairs on my chest. It was so strong. It's. I think he put. I think he double bags it. I think he I, double I've heard bags. That rumor. <laughs> he double bags the tea. Do you know what? I, I just saw him go past in the background. No, you did. Your door open. I did saw you? his pants and his legs. <laughs> I, maybe he does double bag. Did you actually see him? I saw his. Um, I saw his bottom and his legs. I thought you were joking. No, 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 for real, man. He's got lovely legs, lovely pins, doesn't he? I was just saying. I was just saying earlier on, like if I shaved those legs, okay, and I put him in a skirt, he yeah. would be the envy of every woman on the street. His legs he are some, amazing. Turn some heads, wouldn't he? Walking down the town centre, he calls his ankles um, his version of his cleavage because they're such oh, nice really? ankles. Yeah, he's like, check out my leg cleavage. I know that I've heard when he's walking to work, he gets a lot of attention from scaffolders and stuff like that as well. <laughs> if he's got shorts on, like. Can I just say he's going to be delighted with this? It's like our he's first He's going to be episode. over the moon. Can you ask him from his... Has he ever considered doing a bit of modelling? I could put some work his way. I just need him to send me some photos. Just from the waist down, though, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, and, and then I, I'm, I, I know a lot of agencies, so I'll just leave it with me. I'll get my dossier. Jesus. Um, anyway, he was up this morning, he made me a tea, and it's really strong, and I'm happy out with it. I'm absolutely delighted. You have quite a... Um, run-of-the-mill mug there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Out of what I was saying, I'm not going to go on about this, right? But my point is, now that I don't drink, the tea in the morning is a big deal and I really choose the mug carefully and I buy right. them quite carefully now. And I recently spent £42 on a mug and the girls thought that was insane. Oh. I don't get it. I, I think that's a fine amount. It's earthenware. It's made by a potter in Cornwall. Wow. And I enjoy every sup of that tea so much, like, not so much more, but like, I really get a lot out of it. That's all I'm saying. Just to confirm then, uh, before we kind of dip into this podcast, you are saying that £42 is an absolutely fine amount to spend on a single mug. Well, when I'm not down the pub every Friday night buying rounds, then yeah, hell, hell, why not? Hey, you got to party somehow. Do you know what I mean? All right, if you're listening to this right now, if you've got a single item of crockery that gets in anywhere near the price of Louise's um, Barry's tea mug, whatever it is, 42 quid, just draw me a little tweet, just for my own personal records, and I'll write it down at Bush on the radio because... I don't know any. I don't own anything of that value. In fact, the tea that I'm, you know, the mug I'm drinking my tea out of this morning 
is, I don't know if anyone else has this, but this is quite bad actually when I say it out loud, but we've got a collection of mugs in the house that we give to uh, guests or builders. Mm. So they don't use, I don't, I don't want a builder or a stranger using my uh, Alan Ball Everton mug, right? So <laughs> we've got five or six incredibly chipped uh, mugs that are from like three houses back that we, we give builders and, and uh, guests tea in. Is that, is that bad? Is that a slight? I never knew you were such an effing snob, Bush. I thought you were a man of the people. I thought you and the builder would be getting involved, probably using the same mug with two straws. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> two guys, one mug. Hey, look, this says the woman who's got 42 quids worth of mug hanging around there. I know, that's, that's and, I, 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 and I also get annoyed when my partner uses I'm like, no, 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 this is my mug. So I kind of, I'm with you on that. I'm with you, I'm with you. Uh, just, just a little update on what's been going on here. Um, I've been on a bit of a true crime uh, binge. Are you into two true crime stuff, Louise? Do you like... You know I get the horn for true crime. You do. You see, you're the same as me. I, um, Katie said to me last night, was we were watching... At the moment, we're watching a true crime documentary on Netflix, and I'm also listening to a true crime book on uh, Audible. So I'm doing podcast I'm kind of, true crime, yeah, yeah, This yeah. is it, right? So you almost like, I don't know what it is. I, I like listening to, like, history lectures and, and, you know, books and all that kind of thing. But there's something about true crime, if you're listening to it on an audiobook, in little bite-sized chunks that really hits the mark. Uh, she said to me, Katie, my other half, that it's a red flag. Apparently, it's a red flag if uh, someone's too into true crime. Like, I'm... What well, I'm like, I'm window shopping. Like, I might be getting a bathroom, so I've gone down to like Wix to have a look. Like, you know, I'm like a tourist ahead of getting into crime myself. Is that what she's saying? I think, I totally don't think it's a red flag, but my partner says to me that he thinks it's sick that I sit sick. down to watch a crime, sick, paedophile esque murder documentary to relax in my spare time. He doesn't get it. He's like, what? Like, this is horrific. How can you chill? And I really do. Like, I don't make any noise during it. I'm totally quiet. I'm really content. I'm not asking Really taking for it in. Taking it yeah, in type thing. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in police work, right? That, that's, this is, if, if someone wants to know, hey, Bush, why are you watching all the murderous stuff? Why are you listening to all them, them dark things? It's because I like police work. I like seeing how police crack cases it's not it's not like like i say it's not um preparing for my own crime and my debutante into the world of uh, serial killing and also i mean you know this is not the podcast for it but i feel like the game's gone in the world of serial killing no one's going to do the numbers that people have done in the past they haven't we know too much we have the internet we know too now. much this is it apparently though it's different for women who enjoy true crime right it's different from a man enjoying true enjoying true crime so apparently oh, right. women watch it because in some part of their subconscious they're working out how to avoid that in the future so they're like okay these are the signs this is what this guy did on this documentary so i know not to right you know, blah, 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 do that to get caught by a serial killer. And secondly, apparently gives them a sense of like safety that they're not going through that. It's all psychological and very, very strange. I did read a thing recently as well where <laughs> apparently there is something wrong with you if you chilled true crime. Like there oh, is really? something okay, so deeply wrong with you, yeah. Brilliant. So it looked like you were kind of agreeing with me and making me feel better about it. And just at the very end, you hit me with some actual survey that says that's that's a red flag like Katie was saying. Well, I have to agree with you because I'm with you. I will literally sit down on the tube with noise-cancelling headphones and get deep into a 40-minute dock and like live it. Like literally live the murder with the dude. So I get it. But I think, you know, if you're objective to me and you, Bush, it's probably pretty fucking sick. Okay, fair enough. Well, at least we got that sorted out. Uh, so look, uh, in the last episode, we drew from the Bag of Destiny. This is how this is going to work, okay? So we're going to try and chronicle everything. It's the most ambitious podcast thing we've ever tried to do. Uh, you know, recording everything, not just the 80s, not just the 90s, but everything in life uh, that maybe doesn't get the credit it deserves. But uh, we don't want to go through the alphabet, um, you know, in sequence. That's just not our style. So what we've got is a black velvet bag with pebbles, with letters drawn on them. You can hear it here. 
the Bag of Destiny. Last week, uh, on the uh, the uh, kind of intro episodes, we drew at random and D came up. So this week is going to be things beginning with D and anything goes. Louise, do you want to start us off? No, Bush, you you, you just lead us with this one, okay? I'm going to let you lead with this one. All right, I'm, I'm going to start us off with, with okay. a D that's, that's been winding me up for quite a while now. And I know lots of people who maybe are listening to this do it as well and get, and get some satisfaction out of it. So I don't want to rain on their parade, but... I'm going to chuck Duolingo into the mix. I hate Duolingo. What the hell is Duolingo? You know that thing, that app, which is like uh, it's an owl that people have on their phone where they learn they learn huge inverted commas languages. And what we've got to, you hit the button and it makes a little ping noise and it becomes addictive because you have like a running streak, so you can see how many days on the trot you've been trying to learn like Spanish or whatever. This is insane. So you don't like it. Is that what you're saying, Bush? No, I don't like it because okay. it gives people a false sense of security and that they can speak the language only because they're hitting buttons and saying yes or no. That is not the French word for hat or that does not mean horse. That does mean horse. But when you get into a French airport and you've got, you know, Jean-Pierre there who's 65 and chatting to you at 35 miles an hour, your little owl app's not going to hurt you, is, uh, help you, is it? Do you know what I mean? I think it's giving people a false sense of security. I totally know what you mean. And also, I think we give people a false sense of arrogance who think they're learning on the go. Yes. Not really into learning on the go, Bush. No. Into our, you know, crime docs and whatnot. I don't want to learn. I just want to be entertained. And I feel like if people are going around learning on the go, yes. it will give a sense of arrogance. If you're going to do languages, right... Get, put big headphones on from the 1980s, 1990s and do language lab and sit down and properly do it and write it out uh, or do role play with a French teacher or something like that. But just you hitting what what is or not the word for a tent in French as you're getting on the tube, that ain't learning languages, mate. Okay, so I'm calling it out straight away. Quite a combustible start to this, this new series, Louise. Duolingo. <laughs> So, Bush, you started off with something you don't like. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start off with something I do like. Anything goes, mate. And I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves. Mm -hmm. And that is the dressing gown. Oh, you can't be a good dressing gown, can you? That's a beauty. So... A dressing gown is so personal, isn't it? Like, it's really got all of your DNA on it. It's got everything Steady. on it. <laughs> no, right. What no, are you doing when you're watching I mean. them crime dramas? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... You know, it's it's just got so much of your skin cells Louise. and like everything because <laughs> so gross. What's she doing with it? Anyone else getting awful mental images of what she's up to in that? Like, so when we're thinking of your dressing gown, what is your dressing gown like, Louise? Quite a fleecy one, um, pink and blue and white, um, big big um, belt, <laughs> and makes me look twice the size Do all that says to me. I am, and I don't mean this in a bad way. That's crying girl dressing gown. That is. It's a crying girl. It is crying girl. It's a crying girl vibes. I have 100% cried in that dressing gown more than probably 10 times. I mean, how can you not? Like, that's the dressing gown you put on when you're hungover, you know, having a bit of a sad day, having a duvet day, you know, whatever. Of course I'm going to cry in that. Jesus, Bush. What are you doing if you're not crying in your dressing gown? It's weird because you get those, if you ever go to like, um, you know, nice hotels, very rarely that ever happens, but if you ever go to a nice hotel, you obviously get... The, the dressing gown in hanging up in there. And they've always got that kind of waffly kind of um, material. You know, it's like thin, 
Wait, what is the way? I don't find that cozy. It's not cozy bush. at all, is it? Why do they make no. dressing gowns in hotels like that? I do. I do think if you're in a really nice hotel, they give you the towely, fluffy one. But I think that's for you know. I was going to say special occasions. That sounds bad as well. But I do think, yeah, no, I think um, I don't like the thin, towely ones that you just put on after a shower and it doesn't even dry. They don't you. work. That's, that's, you know, they, they no. pair them up with um, a disposable pair of um, sliders that you might get um, in a hotel. That's that kind of vibe, isn't it? Exactly. Also, on my point with dressing gowns, I feel like it's the kind of thing, like if you miss someone and you put on their dressing gown, you feel like they're there with you. Right, so if, you're, if your other half is away, do you put on his dressing gown? <laughs> Crying or whatever, or, or how's it work? <laughs> um, no, I'd, I mean, I, because we live together and I see him so often, no, but I'm sure if he, like, you know, died, I'd probably wear his dress okay. again and mourn in it. Do us a favour, let him know. Let him know that today, just to <laughs> keep him on his toes. Uh, weirdly, uh, Drew has got in touch with us uh, at Bush on the radio if you want to... Uh, Put in your suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, he he agrees with you with dressing gown. Oh, good. He says it's the king of hum- uh, comfort at home. Uh, what we you say? said, the king of hump was it? That's a whole, whole new thing, isn't it? <laughs> Created an entire new thing that you can do at home. Humfort. Do you know what? It's funny though. Like when I get in now, I can't wear my normal shoes, my outside shoes in the flat. I wasn't like that when I was younger. Like I've changed a lot in my like mid thirties. And one of the things is, as soon as I get in, I have to put on my slippers. Wow. Um. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done that a few years ago, but now it's like straight into slippers, and I feel like I can kind of start to relax. So if I'm coming around your house, I've, I've never been to your flat before, Louise, right? No, if I, there's a reason. There for is that a reason push. for that, um, Humphrey. If I come around to your house, your flat, are you are you making me take my shoes off immediately no. at the door? How, how does it work? No, I think it's more about me and wanting to be able to chill and not really being able to chill if I have like. So this is the other thing, Bush. I'm really straight have this rule, okay, and it, it means that. The rule is no outside clothes on the bed or near the bed. So basically, (laughs) I'm really protective of my bed and like the sheets get changed every week and it's my safe space. Well, based on what you've been telling us about some of the stuff that's secreted onto your dressing gown, I can see why you you might want to have quite a regimented washing routine. And so if my porter comes in and he's been on the bus, he cannot come near the bed because he's sat on the seat of the buses, which are filthy. And I don't want that transferring on to the bed duvet cover. Does that make sense? So no outside clothes on the bed or near the bed. I would say that's how Howard Hughes started off. You know, the fellow that uh, lost his mind, the millionaire lived in a casino, uh, got obsessed with hygiene, grew his nails long, long beard, robe. I mean... Bring it on. The other thing is, though, like, think about this, right? If I'm on the bus in a T-shirt, say I'm in this T-shirt. Okay, yeah. And I'm sitting against the back of the bus like this and on the chair. Okay, so the direct, so the chair is directly touching my T-shirt that I'm wearing now. And then I come in and I throw myself on my bed and I prop myself up on my pillows. And this T-shirt is touching my pillows that my face is then going to touch later. The bus chair fabric has been on the t-shirt and that's going to transfer onto the pillows. So it's like I'm putting my face on the chair covers of the bus. And what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I've fallen asleep on buses before. But Bush, there's all sorts on buses. Actually, you know, we... we People piss themselves on buses. <laughs> we talked earlier on about um, uh, true crime documentaries and stuff like that. Uh, trace evidence where DNA is moved from place to place from people. You know, someone else's arse that's been against that uh, bus seat their ass trace DNA is then gone in the back of your Daffy Duck t-shirt that you're wearing at the moment, and then uh, mm-hmm. Barry's tea t-shirt or whatever, and then you, you've thrown yourself on your own bed, and then you're, you're putting your face on a stranger's ass in many ways, aren't you? Bingo! 
That's a bit of a game changer. That's a game changer, that isn't it? So I can't have any, you know, I can't like the, my worst case scenario is if Tom get Tom gets home, is in a shorts and t-shirt, and then somehow just lies in the bed, kind of not thinking, and then the outside clothes are inside the bed, and then all the sheets have to be changed oh, again. The permutations are huge, aren't they? As well, I mean, if I was you, I'd get like a maybe some kind of like chamber at the porch where you can just like talc people down, or they used to do for lice and stuff during the Second World War. What about that? I would absolutely bloody love that. My dream is to have a utility room where people just have to go through the utility room and like that. basically strip, yeah. yeah, strip, and then all their clothes get a hot wash brilliant and yeah. you kind of fold it up and then hand it to them at the end when they're leaving they can kind of okay that's good i like that 100 um thank you for that louise uh let's get back to a, a sorry about the rant sorry about the rant sorry no it's good i like it every time we get a little insight into um the strange stuff that happens when you step over the threshold into your flat there and, and more of it in this podcast uh, a listener suggestion here sb1j on twitter uh, has suggested Dandelion and Burdock doesn't get the credit it deserves. What is your take on Dandelion and Burdock, the drink? I've never had one, Bush. Really? This was not available in Ireland. So there's no Dandelion and Burdock in the the whole Emerald Isle? I've never even heard of it. Is it like um, a, an alcoholic drink or a sweet drink? It's kind of a sweet drink. It's like fizzy. I mean, it is weird. I mean, like, um, you know, Dandelion and Burdock sounds like a, a concoction that you would make if you were going to poison someone in like a Shakespeare yeah. play. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just drink it without really thinking about it. But it's, t- it's nice. It's a bit like kind of... I don't know how do you describe that. Yeah, what would you compare it like to? Like Dr. Pepper or something. It's a bit like Dr. Peppery. Ew. But like, imagine if it was called like uh, Nightshade and Hemlock. You'd never drink that in a million years because that's a potion that's going to kill you, isn't it? So true. Although Dandelion and Burdock is still pretty sinister when you think about it. Like when I hear it, I'm like, that sounds horrific. Who even thought of that? What did the, like, what, like, what relevance do they have to the ingredients of the drink? That's a good point. How, who combined those in the first place and... Um, did they go through any other combinations first before they kind of alighted upon, oh, dandelion and burdock works as a good um, bubbly drink? Do you know what I mean? Come here, w- come here, what is a burdock? I don't know. I don't know what a burdock is. Okay. Do you know what, if you're listening to this now and you know what a burdock is, please get in touch. There is a really, really, really famous chip shop in Dublin. It's in, it's in this place called Dublin Castle and it's called Leo Burdocks and it's apparently the best fish and chips in the whole of the city. Wow. And when you go, there's like a queue outside all down the street for Leo Burdock's chips. They're so delicious. I'm wondering, is it the same people maybe? The same family? The Burdock family, famous for Burdock the family. best Burdock in the land. We've got a lot, we've got a lot to, uh, you know, research on this. If you, like I say, if you know any intel on it, get in touch with us uh, at Bush on the radio, uh, SB1J on Twitter, Dandelion and Burdock. Good shout. I'm just going to tip my cap to day drinking because I feel like it needs to be mentioned and Speckled Tangerine on Twitter backed me up on this. Great name. I know. And um, I just think the reason I love day drinking now is because when I was younger, I would go out at like 10 o'clock and I would start drinking at maybe half eight, eight. And then I'd get home at three and maybe have another drink with friends and go to sleep at five. Uh, that's just not possible now when, you've, when you're when you in your 30s and beyond. It's just, it's hell. Well, one of the highlights of the last series, the A to Z of the 90s that we did was, um, and we don't need to go back into it now, but you getting banned from your local kebab shop for being drunk, yeah. I believe. Is that, is that right? Is that a fair representation? It's fair, but, you know, let's leave it there. Chucked out of a kebab shop. Yeah. Um, and so now what's so lovely to do is to meet a friend or a couple of friends for lunch or brunch, start drinking then, a couple of mimosas, 
couple of vodka tonics, whatever, go to the pub, home by like 7 p.m. Wow. Maybe have a bit of dinner, get into bed, sleep, and you've basically escaped the hangover. And if you do, you, sometimes you start to get the top of head hangover, but at like 9 o'clock at night. So it's like, well, it can't get you then, can it? Well, my trick for that is a pint of water, two Nurofen Plus. you got to have the plus. Okay. And uh, and then you're golden. And uh, I mean, I, I'm going to slightly disagree with you here, Louise, because I, I get a bit scared about daytime drinking. Nighttime drinking, you're kind of quite... Um, corralled into a certain path of behaviour. You know, you, you know the score for for nighttime uh, drinking. It's going to pan out. You know, as you kind of expect. But daytime drinking, I kind of don't trust myself. Like anything could happen. Daytime drinking, and you always think, oh, well, I'll go out earlier. I'll go home earlier. But a lot of the times, if I've been out earlier, I'll just stay out as late as I would have done if I was going out in the evening anyway. And you end up kind of like with wet jeans uh, in a in a in a chip shop or getting hurled out of a kebab shop at like eleven o'clock at night. Do you know what I mean? Pissed yourself? Yeah. Lovely. Um, no, you definitely have to have an element of self-control. Yes. And you have to actually try and test it because there's a there's a knack to it. There's like a moment where if it's in the summer, it's kind of getting dark and you're like, okay, you know, this is the moment. I got to go home now or else it's going to turn into an all-nighter and then I'll be in a heap for a week. So you definitely have to practice it. But I agree with you, Bush. I think, you know, when you're nighttime drinking, there's always a cutoff point, pubs close, or, you know, everyone just wants to go home. But with day drinking, the... Oh God, it's endless, isn't it? You could go on forever. Well, do you know what? Given the given the rise of AI, etc., and how your phone these days is such an assistant, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if there was like a uh, an app out there called Let's just uh, brainstorming a name here, um, uh, drinking ref or drinking assistant? And what it does, it yeah. monitors your blood alcohol level. It listens to your your conversation. So if you start talking shit, it maybe is alerted, <laughs> thinking right, Bush is talking about the war again. Um, let's. And then it will just alert you to say, right, time to go home. And it will freeze all your cards so you can't pay any more money to buy anything. And then it will just kind of direct you to the nearest bus stop or get you an Uber and get you the hell out of there before you start talking about stuff you just regret. And the next morning you wake up and think, oh, my God, what was I bending bending his ear about in the bar? Do you know what I mean? Drinking ref. I think it's a brilliant idea. For me, the drinking ref would call time when... So when I... I've done a couple of times where I just go sober, as you know. Yes. And I don't want to miss out on stuff, so I go out. And you know when I know shit's about to get, like, crazy? It's when people start spitting when they're talking. (laughs) And they have no sense of personal space. So they're literally spitting in your face as they talk about something they're passionate about, which is completely crap. And that would be the, that would be the major drinking ref point for me. You're spitting, get the hell out of there. You're being annoying and there's no going back. So drinking ref, drinking referee would notice that someone's gobbing a bit when they're talking. Isn't that the worst thing as well? Um, you, you, when you have to style it out, if you're talking to someone, you get these people who who talk to you quite closely. There's there's a guy I work with actually that Mm. if, if you ever have a night out or you go to like a club or something, he'll he'll talk really close to your face. And you know, sometimes they'll say mm. something like, so I put the dog in the basket, to use a Silence of the Lambs phrase, and it'll make you blink because he's, he's breathing so close to your face. And you have that moment yeah. where they, a bit of their spit will land on your cheek and then he knows it's there, yeah. you know it's there, but you don't want to wipe it off in front of him. So you have to let it sit on your cheek for the entire conversation. So it's quite stressful even thinking about it, isn't it? Bush, that is making me feel sick. What I do now, though, I don't know, maybe it's because I care less. I, and I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I spat on you. <laughs> and now I'll just like, get it out of the way. But when someone else does it, you can't really say, dude, you, you just, just spat on me. me. So I know you just got to go with it, don't you? Do you kind of style it out as if you're scratching that part of your That's cheek? That's a good move. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll just go, um, like, look away as if I'm pointing and then just do a, yeah. a, a cheek scratch. They know what you're Pitch. doing. Yeah. It's like one of those unspoken things. Or you can go, you know, completely the other way and just get a, a mum in the 80s or 70s style uh, tissue out and dab your own face. 
give it a little clean. Oh. This must be triggering for you if you're you're scared of getting, uh, you know, transfer DNA from someone's back on a on a communal bus seat. This must push you right over the edge, Lou. I think my mom told me that she did that to me once, and I gagged, so she never did it again. I was just like, <laughs> actually, that really um, did something to me there. I nearly did get sick. Um, yeah, so basically, no, I would, I would, I wouldn't do that even to my own kids. I think it's absolutely. Gross. I told you about the time, didn't I, that I had that teacher who would come in with the overhead projector and you know the way you've got those plastic sheets and then it like is mirrored up onto the onto the wall. Oh yeah. Her name was Miss Harkin. And you're supposed to like have different sheets, you know, so different sheets with sums on them or whatever. But in Oh my god, even talking about a bush. This is really triggering for Louise. It really is. But what she would do is she would gob on a napkin <laughs> and and rub it out <laughs> and then start the next slide. So uh, she'd only bring one plastic sheet and she'd Oh, she's gonna be she'd gob and uh, she'd wipe it all off. Oh my god, the memory bush! I can't. She must. She must on a long hot maths lesson or whatever. She she bush. must almost be out of gob by the end of that. Sorry, my head's on my hands, and Bush is like doing fake gobbing. Try, you know, almost the indignity of her not being able to get any more saliva going at the end of that class. Did anyone else stand up and say put put their hand on her shoulder and go, Miss, I got this and then do a big gob for her. No, but I think it would be worse in winter because it might be slightly phlegmy. Oh, my God. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm happy on. to move on if you are. Just a hypothetical question. Could you drink a little shot, Sambuca shot of her spit, for a million pounds? No. Okay. Two million. No. Okay. Uh, Nick, listener Nick has got in touch. Uh, he would like to put forward drizzle. Uh, he he loves drizzle. He thinks it's a, it's the finest of precipitations is... Uh, Nick's phrase. What's your thought on drizzle? I'm, I'm not a big fan of drizzle overall. It kind of winds me up. Yeah, because it's not rain and it's not not rain. And it's very, I know this sounds ridiculous because all rain is wet, but I feel like drizzle is the wet rain because like it goes right into your face. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of drizzle either. It's neither here nor there. I would say as well, uh, and maybe you can clarify this, drizzle uh, plays havoc with girls' hair. Um, I, can, oh, I can always tell God. if a storm is on the way actually because you know, like the top of girls' hair frizzes up. It's almost like a barometer. You know that maybe a storm is maybe, you know, hours out and it's going to approach, you know, low pressure. Just so you know, there are, there are easier ways to find out if a storm is Look coming. at the top of a girl's head. If it starts to frizz up, it's going to rain in the next hour or so. This drizzle kind of sticks to the, like, the individual hairs. You can kind of, we're nearly like a morning grass when, that, when the drizzle happens to the rain. You know, when you get the dewy kind of grass. Yeah, I, I like that. In the, I guess morning, say if you're going to go out for a jog or something or go for a brisk walk, morning dewy drizzle, that's kind of nice. But not kind yeah. of like on the way home, going to pop to the corner shop drizzle. I mean, that's just... Oh, terrific. The one that makes my, my glasses really like steam up and get really wet. So I've got to take them off and then I can't see what I'm doing. And it's, it's always at an angle as well. Angle drizzle. Angle drizzle. No, I don't know if we should include that bush, to be honest. Well, I mean, like, this is it. Anything goes, even if it's something that's deeply, deeply um, dislikable, uh, like Duolingo. It's, it's, it's going on the list. But our, our job is just to chronicle, not to make judgments, Louise. Do you know what I mean? Fair enough. Can I add one in, please? Yeah, go on. Someone has said disco biscuits. <laughs> and on my list, I had drugs, in brackets, recreational. <laughs> Just because they get such a bad rep and I think people are always like, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, but actually don't look at the fact that like some of people's best nights of their lives have been on drugs and some of their best connections with people have been because they're both on drugs. And secondly... So are you bigging, up, are you bigging up drugs on this podcast? Is that what's going on, Louise? I, I think... I think I think it's worth it. You think drugs have got a bad PR? Would that be a, a yeah, fair assumption? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think they've got a really bad rap. And I think 
that people only talk about the bad side of them, but no one talks about the good side of recreational drugs, about how they can chill you out, about how they can make you have the best night, about how they can make you fall in love, about how they can make you connect with someone who you actually thought you hated, how they can make you see you a different perspective on life. Do you know what I mean? They can kind of open your mind. 100%. I don't, I mean, I, I'm out of the game now. Do you know what I mean? I'm out of the game. But, I mean, <clears throat> back in the day in, in Devon, I remember, um, <clears throat> sorry, apologies, my voice is going all uh, weird here, even thinking about it. But, um, being trained to smoke marijuana in a in a park by my friend Jamie. That sounds very. I love how you named him. Um, that sounds like a very important point in your life. You remember it. It was. You, it, you it was horrendous. Yeah. And you know, it was it was absolutely awful. It was like an initiation. But I think a lot of, uh, at life in that era is an initiation, isn't it? It's just like just get through it. I mean, I didn't even really like yeah. going to nightclubs when I was a teenager. I thought they were awful and full of the worst people on this planet. But it's just something you got to go through. In that era. I bet you are so awkward in a nightclub, are you? Can you imagine me dancing at a night in a nightclub? Can you imagine what that looks like? Can you give me a little rendition here? No, no. Oh god, you're clicking your fingers in a nightclub. No, people don't click anymore. What's what's going on with uh, dancing? People don't even click. If you go to a nightclub still, do you click? Is it a wrong thing? You don't click, Bush, you madman. And also the secondary thing about drugs is that you are warned and warned and warned growing up, oh my God, you're going to be offered drugs. You need to know now, say no. You know, you, I haven't been offered half as many drugs as I thought I would. I would I would have welcomed that years ago. Zero offering of drugs. It's a good point. In comparison to what I thought was going to happen and what I was warned about. It's a good point. You do get this, people are just going to be literally trying to force it upon you uh, as you're walking yeah. down the high street, but... I mean, it's incredibly expensive. No one's going to be giving that stuff away for free, are they? Do you know what I mean? Have, you, have drugs ever been foisted on you at all? The, the, the only foist we've ever had, uh, we were walking down the centre of Exeter, and my friend Dan bought what he thought was a eighth of marijuana off this guy yeah. who offered it to us, and it turns out it was just some black chewing gum in some cling film. <laughs> like, what a terrible night that was. So that was the only foist I've ever had of drugs. So it wasn't successful, that foist. We tried to smoke it, but it just didn't work. It didn't get the same hit. That's Devon for you, folks. Right, let's get on with another one here. Uh, Fast Paul has been in touch uh, on Twitter, and he thinks digital calculators should be uh, considered for our ultimate list of things, beginning with D. Uh, do you remember those halcyon days of maths? We used to go and get a hard-cased black digital calculator. What an amazing bit of technology that was. Yeah, so it's a step up from a regular calculator, is that right? Yeah, it's got about 100 buttons that you will never use yeah. in your entire life at the top of it. I believe they were made by a company called Texas Instruments. Very no standard issue. I do remember those from back in the day. Uh, and the weird thing is, like now, I don't know about you, but I have no further use for any mathematical algebra or anything like that at all. Do you do, you do bar like adding up how much something is if you're paying uh, for like mm. a newspaper and a, and a pint of milk in a corner shop? There's no maths, there's no kind of like fancy maths going on in my life at all. Not at all. I recently found that old tin um, pencil case oh, yeah. with all the holes I'd obviously like punched in it with a protractor. Frustrated. And I opened it up. Yeah. And I. <laughs> We're so bored, Bush. <laughs> and I opened it up and there was like that, you know, that half moon. Uh, See, I don't even know what it is. What is that? Yeah, I don't, I'm doing the shape with my hands, but I, I don't even know what it is. Uh, and loads of different kind of rulers and stuff and the projector with the, you know, the, the hard spike in it. And then is that you a compass? Do... Is that a compass? Yeah, maybe it was called a compass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, it's just got vibes of like, you know, like how they used to work out where stars were in like 
astrology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. You know, Galileo yeah, yeah. And, and his mates. And come here. So what's Erin's like maths situation set up now? Would she be using a digital calculator or is it all just completely moved on? Would she be having that little tin pencil case with all the maths stuff in it? Well, so she's 13, nearly 14. She's, she loves oh. maths. I don't know where this has come from. She absolutely loves maths, loves Rude. equations and all that kind of stuff. Oh my God, my head. Uh, it's good, good, good for us though, because I can get her to add stuff up if we've got to try and work out a bill and all that kind of thing. So she's she's good for that. But um, yes, yeah. she has she has the the uh, scientific calculator. I just wish that you could use it a bit further on into life because it doesn't really you know once you've done GCSE, that's kind of right. it for. I mean, if right. you're listening to this right now, when was the last time you worked out the overall angle of something? Added to when's the last time you added two angles together? You know, or when was the last time you to work out pi? I think pi is just an absolute waste of time, isn't it? Someone just pulled a number out of the sky. I was going to say, is it actually made up? And we've all just gone along with it. Yeah, no one's ever questioned Pi. There's a symbol for it. Do you know what I mean? He's got, the, uh, he's got all the paperwork and the posters, but what, what is it and why are we using it? And it goes on and on and on. Have you ever seen it written out properly where it just goes on and on and on and on and on? And like people, some really intelligent people know all the numbers of it, which is just insane. I always uh, buy standard Louis um, round up to 2DP. <clears throat> what does that mean? Decimal points. Oh, <laughs> Places. Somebody wrote in and said decimal points needs to go into this podcast, by the way. I love a decimal point. I think decimal points are fantastic. Let's get DPs in there. That for a D, fantastic. Bring it on. When are you using DPs? Always using DPs. You're not Bush in your day-to-day life. Come on. I haven't. I would like to I'd like to do something though soon that, that makes me round up to one or two DPs. Okay. Any suggestions what I can do, please let me know. As soon as you do, you come <laughs> right on this podcast. I'll tell you. Let us oh, know what it was. Watch okay? this space. Right, I think we've got time for one more, Louise, before we dip into the bag of destiny and, and find out what we're doing next week. So something which is beginning with D and was huge when I was younger and probably is still huge, but I don't really feel like I'm getting the benefit of it when I'm traveling. And that is, I don't know whether it is as sort of powerful as it was back in the day, but it's duty free. And this Ooh. comes in from Randy Silkman. And I agree with Randy. Duty free. What's a crack with it these days, Bush? Like, is it as good as it used to be? So basically, some family members back in the day used to smoke. And so I remember them getting like 600 smokes in duty free. Do you know what I mean? Like that was great for that. Or, you know, my granny would get, we would get from my granny, like the bottle of vodka that she'd have all year round or the bottle of gin or the bottle of Bailey's for Christmas in duty free. I feel like those days are gone. Like I don't feel like duty free is a destination anymore. Duty free used to be like this incredible opportunity to buy cigarettes at uh, almost like distribution prices. Uh, You know, like we used to get a pack of, Fags off me nan for Christmas and birthdays and yeah. stuff like that as well. Different times back then. But she would buy a duty-free carton if she was going to Alicante to see, you know, other family members and all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, we, we've flown, I've flown a bit recently with work and I don't see the point in duty-free now. I don't, I don't fundamentally understand it. And I'll tell you what else, if you ever want to think, you know, think, oh, you've gone off to go to the loo whilst your family is sat there waiting for the flight. Oh, actually, that is quite cheap, that aftershave. I'll buy that. You need about, like, 15 pages of paperwork anyway, which you never have on you, and then have to go back and... Forget it, I'll get it next time. Do you know what I mean? It's a waste yeah. of time. But Bush, my question is, like, are the prices still as competitive as they were? Like, is it worth going to duty free and getting your bottles of booze to keep in the in your in your drinks cabinet? Or are we just living in a society where you can get really cheap drink everywhere you go now? I don't get it. I, I certainly don't make a beeline for duty free when I'm in Stansted. Well it was it was a big thing. I remember that in the eighties, and I can't remember the fellow who was in it, but there used to be a program called Duty Free, which was like a kind of comedy yeah. program and it was obviously that, that was a big thing in the 80s wasn't it like people starting to go on package holidays and then bringing loads of stuff back for them and trying loads of aftershaves and stuff on but I, I don't I don't think it is what it used to be unfortunately which mm. is a real shame and I kind of like I do like a good m- mosey around 
um, a departure lounge. I love all that. Yeah. You know, buying, looking at, browsing at over-the-top uh, tech that you don't need or them, them pillows that inflate so you can rest your neck on them. But um, mm. I never end up actually really buying anything, to be honest with you. I don't either. And I, I, just, I just wonder if we're missing out, that's all. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got a friend who works at Newcastle Airport who uh, gets oh. us free, not free, but cheap aftershave from Duty Free. Okay. So for family birthdays and stuff. So maybe there is a bit of like, a, if you know someone, you know someone, you know what I mean? Or maybe we're just so used to it. You know, it's so a part of our subconscious that we just sort of, that we just sort of skate over it now. So maybe the next time I'm in the airport, I need to just go into duty free properly, yeah. have a bit of comparison price and just buy some of, you know, the expensive makeup I buy and stuff. Well, like, neither of us smoke, right? Why don't we get back into smoking? Next time you fly, get a 6,000 uh, embassy or some royals and then in, in the next episode of this podcast, we just work our way through them. Just cloud of smoke, like a 1970s office. What did you used to smoke? I used to smoke Camel Lights back in the day. <gasps> me too! I, love, I used to love Camel Lights. Don't get me going back down that route, but uh, I used to love them back in the day. Because you've really triggered something in there when you were like, go buy 6,000 cigarettes, we'll take it up again. I know we've talked about this before in our previous um, you know, pods and stuff. We love smoking and it was hard to give up and I do miss it. I, I don't feel like, I'm like, oh God, I'm so glad I gave up. I really have it. Like, I do miss it. I miss it. Like, if I walk past someone who's just, it's that bit where people have just lit up and I get that whiff oh, of that first delicious. bit. I do miss that. Yeah. I miss that and think, oh, that does smell nice. Like Bisto, the Bisto advert for me that is, but with nicotine. And, uh, yeah. and you know, Vaping and that, and we'll we'll cover this if we ever get to V or whatever. Well, we will get to V. Not like actually, you never know. Randomly, we, ne- we may no, never we get know. to. Um, vaping can do one as well. It's ridiculous, isn't it? All that those clouds of like, uh, like sweet smelling strange smoke like that fresh smoke that you're talking about like there's nothing like it the vape doesn't come close to that but as you were mentioning a a couple of minutes ago like my granny and aunt and I think my mom used to buy me cigarettes and duty free which is insane when you think about it like (laughs) it's it's only in my teens and 20s and they were like here's you know 600 cigarettes for the next month and I used to be going to like the disco local disco Wesley with my 20 pack and be delighted with myself that I didn't have to pay for it I don't even know what the price of a pack of ciggies is now though because you know when I quit it was I think it's like 20 quid Bush I think it's Really expensive. Oh my god! Yeah. No wonder people are vaping. Uh, so there you go. It's going in for D duty free. Right. So let's let's end this episode by delving into the uh, the bag of destiny with all these uh, pebbles with different letters on them and see what letter we are going to be dealing with next week in the A to Z of everything. Have a good old rummage around. This is purely random. It's again it's a little bit like the FA Cup draw. Oh. E. We are going to be looking at what do you know? stuff beginning with E. So if you've got any suggestions, you know how to get in touch with us. You can tweet me at Bush on the radio. If you follow us on Instagram, leave us a message as well. We're, we're transitioning our Instagram account over as we speak, so we'll be fully set up by the next episode. So we will see you in the next episode of the A to Z of everything. Make sure you keep those uh, comments and suggestions coming in. We'd love to give you a shout out on the podcast. And this is a Curious Mole production produced by Dane Smith. Music by Revolution Void. See you on the next one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.